0: This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Ethics in the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. My guest is an assistant professor in the Department of Political Science and the Master's Program in Homeland Security at Ryder University in New Jersey. Her research has been well-published on civil wars, insurgencies, international conflict, foreign policy, and creativity and innovation. Currently, she is a fellow at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. Welcome, Dr. Elizabeth Redeshevsky.
1: Well, thank you for having me back. It's great to be here.
0: It's great to have you back, and now we're going to kind of change the, to that other part of your portfolio. You know, while you're an expert on international conflict, you're also an expert on design thinking. What is design thinking, and why should we be interested in it as midshipmen at the Naval Academy?
1: Uh, sure. So, uh, design thinking is a, a human-centered approach to developing novel and useful solutions to complex problems, and it's really based on several key stages. So, first, we really want to understand what people's needs are, and then we can uh, define the nature of the problem that needs addressing, and that's connected, obviously, to those needs. Um, then we do some creative ideation to develop solutions, and we prototype those solutions and test them. So it's a very, a very uh, thorough process from understanding the problem to ideation to solutions and testing. So DT is um, just very effective in tackling uh, complexities of the modern world, So anything from global challenges, such as mitigating adverse consequences of climate change to even decisions we want to make about our own careers and future.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what's involved in the process of design thinking?
1: Uh, Design thinking is based on a series of connected and logical steps. So we start by understanding the nature of the problem. Who are we actually trying to help? What are the needs of the people? Um, Addressing these questions really pushes us to abandon kind of pre-existing assumptions that we might have and encourages deep listening and observation. When possible, we would like to observe people in their own environment. So when we understand people's needs, we can better identify the key problem or challenge we need to address. Uh, This process of uncovering the real problem is considered the most vital stage of DT because poor understanding of the issue is bound to yield misplaced and ineffective solutions. So then we can move to the next stage, which is basically creative brainstorming. And we utilize several useful techniques to generate novel solutions, um, such as looking at other fields where similar problems have existed to inspire ideas. And we then pick the best solutions based on the likelihood of effectiveness and the resources that we have to implement those solutions. So in our final stage, we are ready to implement and test our solutions, and we do so in a very quick manner without investing too many resources initially. We just want to see how it works on a small scale. Here is where we learn what works and what doesn't work. Based on this, we can go back to the process. For example, we can um, redefine the focus of the problem or brainstorm ideas for making improvements to that initial solution that we have developed. So overall, um, there is a logical progression in the process of uh, design thinking But design thinking is very flexible in moving back and forth between the steps as the process evolves.
0: You know, this is very interesting. And there's this concept called fast failure. Can you tell me where that fits in?
1: Absolutely. Um, Oftentimes, we have a tendency to invest a lot of resources into our solutions. Uh, I would even say we invest our whole identity into the solutions, which kind of makes sense because we spend a lot of time thinking about them. We have a lot of resources that are involved. A lot of stakeholders are affected. Unfortunately, the danger in um, just trying to put all of our resources into uh, an initial solution is that we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of actually looking objectively and analyzing whether the solution is actually making a difference. So instead of abandoning what is not working, we try to fix a solution that's already broken. And we tend to invest even more resources into fixing it, the outcome is oftentimes that we're stuck, unable to solve the problem. So the the uh, effectiveness of fast failure is that if we don't invest a lot of resources into our initial uh, solution, test it quickly, um, maybe on a, on a small scale, then we don't have as much invested in it and we can easily change it or even remove it completely from the equation if it's not working.
0: You know, that's a very hard concept oftentimes for naval and military officers to, to hear and understand. It's not about failure, it's about moving to a solution. And as you do that, you do actually fail sometimes, uh, but the failure is failing forward. Let's talk about uh, how this concept differs from relying on experts' insights uh, or data to solve a problem.
1: So design thinking does rely on data and insights from experts as part of the process to develop effective solutions. Uh, but it doesn't prioritize them or rely on them exclusively. Relying on experts uh, for advice and making sense of data gives you some understanding of the problem, but it is not a substitute for a more immersive and empathy-driven experience with the people that you're trying to help. I also want to mention that brainstorming is part of design thinking, but the way it's utilized uh, oftentimes in existing approaches is that it's very solution-driven. So we jump very quickly to solving the problem In design thinking, a brainstorming comes at a later stage. And it's much more rooted in divergent thinking. So the advantage of design thinking is that um, it really helps us understand the nature of the problem so that when we are getting to this stage of ideation, brainstorming, we have a pretty good understanding of what it is that we're actually working on. And that enhances or that increases the um, effectiveness of our solutions in the end.
0: Can you give us some examples of where design thinking has made a difference?
1: So most commonly, uh, design thinking has been utilized um, in the business sector, and there have been some uh, amazing stories of big companies such as Lego, for example, uh, which was basically saved from bankruptcy at one point thanks to uh, design thinking approaches to product development. But I also want to mention that people-centered approach that's the key of design thinking, has made a difference in conflict zones, which is an area that I'm most familiar with. So, for example, in Iraq, a team of ethnographers and a creativity expert followed the logic of design thinking to understand how to persuade tribal leaders to work with the U.S. military to reduce casualties from improvised explosive devices. From from this process of understanding tribal leaders' needs and their role in the community, they were able to create Iraqi Transportation Network, which was a sustainable tracking business that provided cargo transportation services to the military and was staffed by men from local communities. Now, the program was very effective in reducing military casualties in the areas where it was implemented. And it was built on a deep understanding of how to get the locals to cooperate with the U.S., in a way that respected and responded to their needs.
0: This is all quite interesting. How did it work better than the traditional approach that we normally take?
1: I think the reason it works better than traditional approaches um, is that it pushes us to let go of previous biases and assumptions um, as we learn to observe and hear those we want to help, and oftentimes in their their own environment. So that's why we saw an example that I gave where design thinking was implemented and it worked successfully. Uh, There are some other stories of design thinking um, in conflict zones where we've seen successes as well, but I can leave it for another discussion. I think what design thinking does very effectively, um, it encourages a process where you become almost a beginner every time you start solving a challenge. And that really goes a long way in truly understanding the problem. When we begin to understand the real nature of the problem, we are likely to develop effective solutions. And I think the danger with traditional way of solving problems is that we often lose that curiosity, that freshness in our thinking, and actually our expertise can get in the way. Uh, It can make us very rigid. We rush to solve the problems. We assume we know better than the people and communities we want to help. And then as we discussed earlier, we also invest a lot of our resources into the solution, which again makes us afraid to experiment um, and abandon what doesn't work. So that really blocks our ability to make a difference. And what I think design thinking does very well, is that it certainly encourages us to minimize these biases
0: so we can use our expertise but at the same time work very hard on listening really doing this people-centric idea that you were talking about
1: absolutely i mean empathy is key and that's the message that's carried out throughout the process of design thinking
0: dr radiszewski thank you very much for joining us on ethics of the naval warrior with design thinking it's been very interesting
1: thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure
0: You've been listening to the Stockdale Minute, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at StockdaleCenter.com slash podcasts.